you are rolling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Screenwriting Podcast number 26. We did a doubleheader tonight. Breaking Bad has concluded, and I am here in the chat cave with my trusty sidekick, Jeff Sussman. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, buddy. Fuck. Breaking Bad is over. I'm... You're more upset. You don't even know what you think about the ending because you're just upset that it's over. I I do get a little upset when a great TV show ends. And, you know, it's one thing when... It's one thing when you sort of fall into... What's it called? Where you uh, just, like, gorge on a new show and you watch... You know, like, Orange is the New Black. I didn't have time to get sad that the season was over because I just had started watching it 48 hours before. But I've been watching Breaking Bad for years now. And to know that it's over is an incredibly depressing thing. You know, that that is one plus about watching a TV show over time. It's just a long, a long boil. You look forward to it and... You know. Yeah, but this is like, I mean, known to be potentially one of the greatest shows ever. And the reason that I put it above shows like The Sopranos or The Wire other, or other shows that have been put in that category is because it's funny and clever. And I, I think that, you know, that was my issue with those other two shows, which I watched and really enjoyed and think are brilliant. But this had sort of that entertainment screenwriting magic to it. Uh, Vince Gilligan's a great screenwriter, and this show went above and beyond. And usually, you know, that we'll get to my overall feelings in a minute. Um, but th- there's usually so much humor in these episodes, or at least elements of humor. And I think that that's again what sets this apart. So before we jump directly into Breaking Bad, why don't we talk? What, what was your favorite series finale ever? My favorite series finale ever. Yeah. I mean, I did love the end. The, the end of Six Feet Under is undeniably a, a great finale, but I, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it. That's a that's a that's actually a great question. Cheers had a good last episode. It did. You know, I don't know. Think about that. Let me mull that over for a minute. Well, what do you like? What's your favorite? I think you nailed it. The end of Six Feet Under to me is one of the greatest episodes ever. I had bailed on that show. I forget how many seasons there were, but I think six, and I bailed somewhere in season four, and I knew that they were coming in for a landing, so I sort of tuned in maybe eight to 12 episodes into the season uh, just to watch at least the last 10, and it brought me and connected me back to that. I bawled like a fucking baby. I, I was crying not not a tear in the eye well not only because like, not like only are you losing, physically crying not, at the not, end of that show you're not only losing these characters on a narrative in a narrative sense like the story is over but you're also literally experiencing you're witnessing their deaths so you're having a dual loss right there right yeah. plus just kind of the feeling of when anything that really affects you ends you're gonna have that so there's already three things right there but what really makes it effective and what i thought was great about the ending of breaking bad was that if they can somehow tie in the themes of what they were getting at the whole time, and it doesn't have to be overwritten, that you know, this was just another episode of Breaking Bad. You pointed out it wasn't seventy-five minutes. We were both expecting it to be, but I was expecting it to be seventy-five minutes. Nope, so. straightforward. They started with and they played the theme song just after the first scene, not like a couple episodes ago where they held it. Sometimes off they'll long. wait twenty minutes. Sometimes the I like on though that it was. Or... You know what? This was just another episode, and it was the last episode, and it was the right end of the story. And it, you know, just the same way that this, you know. We'll hear your thoughts, of course. You know, it's your show, but the you know a show about a guy who wants to die on his own terms by living life on his own terms until the end, until the very end. You know, and then he just you know he died right where he should have. They didn't get him. You know, 
And he even gave Jesse a chance to. I mean, it, it, the, the show really went. Well, let's where, let's break that. Let's break it down. Well, I was um, going to just say that Six Feet Under did the same thing. Is what I'm saying. It, they made it about death and loss. Even and we're simultaneously. It's kind of meta because we're simultaneously losing these characters and this show while we're experiencing. It happens to be about death and loss. And, and getting now we're you know the, the wonderful thing about the Six Feet Ending montage was that it it takes you. This isn't giving away a twist or anything like that. It takes you to their deaths uh each character's death and you get a little bit of a sense in that singular scene in that moment where they were in their lives and who they were surrounded by and what they did and how it happened and to be able to do that and share that with with them especially on a show that was about death was really special and really i thought inventive um we didn't see that sort of inventive ending tonight there was no new hard ending there was no um, the Sopranos, let's keep things ambiguous, even though I'm really trying to say something type of let's talk about it kind of ending. See, I thought it was a it, Western showdown. I thought it, it was, was Walt. It was, it, Walt became was, a man, though. He wasn't a man in the pilot. And this, not only, you know, despite the fact that even that his family hated him and all of those obstacles, but he still took care of every last detail as best he could and then died on his own terms, living right up to the last second. Died in the lab, left his blood there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit, I guess, about. He um, even did right by Hank. He set it up so they could find the body, so that Hank wouldn't be out there forever. You know. Yeah, and he. You know what I thought the most important part of that conversation was was at least him. He didn't share the eighty million dollar offer that was put on the table, um, but he did give his side of the story to Skyler. He did let her know in the briefest of ways, and I could have handled an extra 30 seconds there. For him to at least, yes, I can understand that he would be alive if I hadn't ever done what I did, but I did not lure him out into the desert to shoot him and bury him. So I was would... expecting, yeah. I was expecting a Skyler. I didn't kill Hank. I tried to save him. I risked my life to save him. I, I don't know if you believe me, but I want you to know that. You know, because, you know, Walt, when... His grief when when Hank died was so real and it was so like appropriate, you know. Absolutely. And Hank was ready to bring him down regardless, you know. Hank. Yeah. Um. So let's like walk through the episode a little bit. I first want to talk actually about some of these strategies that were in there. And I, I know we want to talk sort of broader entertainment story stuff, but I do want to just touch on um, touch on some of the stuff that occurred uh, in terms of what we some little tricks that the writers were playing um the first of which is uh a scene where we see you know they always say don't use camera direction in screenwriting and here we are given a perfect example of where that would actually be appropriate because we have a scene where uh where skylar gets a call from her sister saying hey walt's back in town be on alert when i don't think he can get past the guards but you know 99 chance you're safe but be on alert and then skylar says thank you and she hangs up and then the camera pushes in and we see that walt is standing there in the kitchen yeah so, I, I didn't see it coming i actually didn't i wasn't expecting it yeah and that is a perfect example of where actually if you want to write push in to reveal that to reveal and you can even cap that word reveal um it's funny because i thought about what a nice shot it was that they had a they even had a a full wide shot of her she's against the wall nicely placed and you just see the whole room and i remember thinking well, you thought you saw a beautiful, the whole room you well, exactly i was thinking what a beautiful composition you could see it all 
I did notice the shot. But that composition didn't, didn't doesn't necessarily happen on the page. That's what I'm trying to talk about here. No, I understand. But I mean, it, and what you're, and what you're saying, saying is what would be the way the writer would indicate that Walt is in the room? You almost have to include that. You almost have to include the camera shot. Um, or, you know, or... Isn't it appropriate in that case, then? It, it is, if it, this is the one time in your career that you're going to do that. Um, some writers massively overuse it. And it's, again, it's done to reveal things when, when, when the perspective changes so much that it turns everything upside down, then it's appropriate to sort of share how you would communicate that. But, you know, the other way to do it is... You could also, if you don't want to say, hey, am I doing this the right way? A writer could also say, oh, Walt steps out behind a, from behind a beam, uh, or we see that Walt is standing by the sink. Because the, the writing itself wouldn't have to suggest the kitchen is completely empty. It's Skylar on the phone. And then the, the idea is that we're going to get that conversation and then get the reveal after. That's the beat. The I beat. did notice that she was sitting right up against the wall, and I thought it's kind of somewhat somewhat pressed cinematography even though it was beautiful like i was like why is she saying she's sitting why is she snug up against the wall like that we're trying to talk screenwriting jeff though i'm trying to well you were suggesting in some way that it might have been included in the script no i'm suggesting it almost doesn't matter she's at a kitchen table i see it's then we reveal after she hangs up the phone reveal that walter is standing there and if there's a way to do it um you know, in terms of the set, the set doesn't necessarily have to be built in, in, in a way sometimes. I noticed she looked crammed against the wall. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point, you pointed out was how did Walt get past security? He wants to see his wife. He ends up in her kitchen. She is under, they're on high alert and she's under guard. They know that he's back in town. Yeah. How did that happen? Um, they don't have to tell us. When you have a hero who has accomplished so much, so very, very much. He got, got into him. his own house. <laughs> he got into his own house somehow. Well, well that wasn't his house anymore, but oh, well. okay. um, there were times where he did get into his own house uh, while it was, you know, while the authorities were there um, or not the authorities, but people who wanted to kill him. So the, I, I think that um, you can give a character like that a pass, but especially if you're dealing inside of a screenplay, um, it has to be much, much later. And it has to be the type of character who we know could get away with something like that. And you do it to save space and you do it to save a little bit of your creative mind because you might not have an answer for it. And, you know, they might not have wanted to spend two and a half minutes setting up how Walter gets into the house. Uh, they might have just wanted to make it. You're right. Off. I thought it, I thought it's not really important, but it, it did. It did jump out at me. But and by I, the way, they, maybe, didn't they bother did, me. maybe they did have a scene written and it just didn't come across as clever enough. Or they shot it. Or it just doesn't matter. It. it just doesn't move it along. I, I like that he's just in the house. Like, he got in. Actually, you're right about that. At that point, there's enough momentum at that point in the story. You know, it's okay. He got in. Like I'm, also, I'm with it. Also, um, there's a little bit of technique going on there. Um, if they were to show, and this is where a lot of writers get into trouble, like if they were to show how he got into the house, then they would have to preface the phone call. The whole idea is that the reveal is that he's standing there and a really poor writer would say, ooh, let me show a flashback of that because it it's just irrelevant. It is irrelevant. Um, Absolutely. So there's there's some artistry in the way that they that they stack these events together because we, need, we needed that scene with Marie just to say goodbye to Marie. Uh, that was our last scene with her. Uh, and she didn't really have much to do last week. So Walt great. will get caught. You know, she was never right ever. <laughs> what about? About anything. 
I thought you liked the purple carpets. You didn't have a problem with that. How do you know Hank didn't pick out the purple carpet? Oh, that's a Marie thing because she would wear purple. That's like her signature thing. In fact, she's on the new Michael J. Fox show. Oh, it's like her motif. She, it's like Marie's house, right? Yeah, yeah. You're on Marie's turf, literally. You know that somebody's got something just a little bit psychologically, you know, screws loose when they're decorating their house according to their wardrobe. It was great how they touched on her kleptomania in that really bizarre way when she wouldn't, she wouldn't let go of the baby, and it just reminded me. I don't know if it was a direct like klepto thing, but it just reminded me of her sticky fingers yeah, you know, when, a klepto, when a klepto gets a little bit upset they have to take something and it fit perfect they were in the most stressful situation of their life and she grabs for something and it and it, that's the thing about this series is that it works always there's always like those two levels there's always she's doing it because of the kleptomania and because of the she legitimately wants to take this baby out of the house and believes that that's what has to happen. So that's a great double um, double meaning there. And, you know, even going back to the phone call, that horrible phone call with Walt, where there's that double meaning or even triple meaning where there's the what he's saying. And, and what he's doing for her. What he's doing for her. But in You're referring to, to the that, conversation when, she, when he called the house mm-hmm. and asked if the police were there and she said no. And After he, he kidnapped the baby, yeah. And he goes on talking... But we don't realize until after the speech. He goes on a tirade, yeah, and, and then we later realize full well that he was that he was saving her. His, he was providing an alibi for his wife. He was admitting that she had nothing to do with That's the, I mean. he the did criminal right act by enterprise. But. Um, Here's a guy who was destined on, to die the, anyway. But that's not it. That we're not done with that yet because. It's not just those two levels. It's not just, okay, here's the first thing that it looks like it is, and here's the second thing. Then there's the third thing, which is how much of what was being expressed in this venom really represents what Walt actually thinks. So you can play with all of those ideas. You know, they're all sort of stacked on top of each other. He sort of gets a chance to somewhat say what he means anyway. Oh, because he does. He definitely does mean some of those things, and he definitely is part Heisenberg. And what we saw... The, the idea of that even was presented by the character that I'm blanking her name. It might have been Elizabeth, the the billionaire's wife, when she's on the TV show and she says, well, Walter White is dead. He's this other thing. And how much of Walter at the end of it was going to be Heisenberg and how much was going to be Walter White? Because we can recall his lawyer giving him some free advice, uh, the Bob uh, Odenkirk uh, Saul, uh, told him when they were in that basement. He said, turn yourself in. You'll be... You know, you don't have much time left. You'll make a deal. You know, your kids will and wife will be fine and taken care of. And you get to go out on a high note. You'll be. What would you have thought like if he? Had, I thought for a split second maybe he'd do one last cook and get the hundred percent pure and leave it well, and then well, die. I would have loved for you to wait to talk about until we got to that point because that would have been the, the question. How much structure can you hope for? Ahead. In we just watched we're, it. That's the whole point of this episode. Ahead. Okay. Um. Well, we should say okay. So the end of the episode is Walt dying before right before the police get to him i'm telling you he was Seconds. destined to die anyway from episode one this is where this man was headed well you know he had cancer so it's, it's well, was cancer going to get him or was it was it right was he going to go down like that mm-hmm. or you know well, te- technically he lived he more down. than he ever had lived before absolutely um which we really should talk about but um the question of could he have would it have been too perfect for, you know, because he was in the lab again, and what you suggested in our very brief uh, break before we started recording was that that Walt was going to... Oh, no, you actually said it out loud while we were watching. He's going to do one last cook. Yeah, that's what He's going to get to 100%. That's what I just said. I don't think that... <laughs> yes, I understand that. I, I don't think that... <laughs> 
it, if his goal, if he'd always said, if he'd ever had frustration at what he was delivering, even though it was so good, well, then that would have worked. I only thought of it because you touched on the whole theme of ego mm-hmm. in the series. And yeah. It, and that's been there since Gus and, and well before with Tuco, it was a, an ego thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so they just indicated in this episode, somebody suggested that Jesse's, Jesse's stuff was better than his, better than ever. Wouldn't he want did to somebody say, Did they say it was... Oh, he, he did use the better words better than ever. Better than well, ever. you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, again... The, the temptation uh, to die on a pile of his own shit that's 100% pure. That actually would have been something... It would have been really nice. It would have been... Oh, he's it's it's 100% pure, but he's like bleeding on it. Um, you know? Yeah, but it would only better. work... It wouldn't have probably worked without some set up over the last i mean that's a kind Bet of you would occur to, him. to be set it's up probably in the brainstorming but it would have just slowed down the momentum too much i don't i don't think it would have fit if you just you're, you're right that ultimately on. i we really probably wouldn't have but it, it, it was a fun thought it was a really fun thought and i would have liked it and that would have put a smile on my face which gets to the emotional imagine of, that they test them like it's 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. they would these writers are too good for that also that would have been ridiculous like it how do you get preposterous well yeah for some how do you then test it and do it immediately? who's, who's even around to be impressed because anybody who's ever impressed by it's now dead anybody that's, a, like that's, Lydia a, that's and also Todd. a really good point which is that if you have a scene like that it's whose perspective is that scene from who's the character and, and, and are we going to wait for a test or do they have that stuff just sitting around or i really like that all the people that that walt loved got another besides hank they all got another chance yeah you know yeah, um, I, Marie sort of ended up a little fucked he there. Didn't, I mean, he, well, I'm saying, except for I Hank, he didn't kill he Hank, could... though. And he almost, he basically risked his life to save Hank. He stood in front of the, he went to go in front of the gun and was like, don't shoot him. Don't. He could have just shut, shut his mouth. And at that point, Hank wanted to bring him down. Hank, he, demo- Walt demonstrated that Hank was more important to him than all of it at that last, at that, you know, that was a crucial moment. What was going down at that point? I mean, you know, he had yeah, already been he, handcuffed. He but he could always try to MacGyver something. He, there could always be another plan. Like you buy yourself more time when you're on the run like that. And that was a Hank wasn't going to back down. No, because I like to do I, so would be to. But speaking, to do so, by the way, for Hank to have accepted, which, you know, the line is you're the smartest guy I ever met, but you're an idiot because you don't realize that he made up his mind 10 minutes ago, that he was already dead. Um, but. I think that the for Hank to have accepted that, accepted that premise of I'm going to have my life traded for this drug money and I'm going to keep quiet. And you could even say even even to say that in order to just get out of this situation and then you do whatever you're going to do anyway um, would have been to walk down the Walter White road, the, the baby, the baby steps to hell, and what. What uh, what he was doing there was representing sort of just honest morals and I think goodness and everything that Walter White sort of doesn't represent where it, Walter White can convince himself that it can be um, situationally morally acceptable to poison a kid because there's this, that, and the other thing going on. And uh, Hank was the opposite of that. Hank saw things very black and white, and w- that's why he had to go out like that. I think in a very black and white way. I think there was initially so much mutual respect, mutual respect between Walt and Hank, and that uh, you know, 
I think Hank dying on his own terms kind of foreshadowed that Walt would want to make the same decision and be inspired. And like, you know, because he wanted to be more like Hank. There was a suggestion that Hank was tougher than Walt in, in the, right in the pilot. I'll take you for a ride along, buddy, if you want to sometime, you know. Oh, and they showed us that. Yeah. We just saw that again. Um, yeah. Yeah, that it's kind of funny that like. I recommend anyone, anybody watch the pilot right now, by the way. And it, 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 it's setting up every theme that they closed tonight. I mean, it was really. The, the pilot, they had everything in mind. All the themes are right there. Walt, Walt initially gives a speech to his chemistry class about change, about how chemistry, he sees chemistry as the science of change, you know? And it's just, you know, that's the thing. Like, Walt, oh, did he have to die? Didn't he have to die? Yeah, he did have to die. He was going to die. I mean, the cancer was going to get him. They established well, but the, the question, and I back. actually took a bet that they weren't going to kill him off, um, or that if he was to die, it would be of natural causes. I didn't. Oh, it's brilliant. He died off his own bullet. That rig killed all those guys, and he caught a bullet of his own. No one killed Walt. You know? I like that, too. And, like he, too. you know, he dies and has a moment of peace, and then the cops surround him, but it's too late. They never got him. No, yeah. he's dead. He, he's dead by seconds. Dead, you know, they, they he, never got him. Died on his own terms. Um, and, you know, do you th- by the way, do you think that the, the billionaires are going to go ahead and create that fund for the kid, for uh, Walt Jr.? You know, I thought about that. Actually, people, by the way, tweet tweet at me if you uh, have some different theories on that because I was really wondering about that. Did he? Did I would say, I, you know, I like. Not only do I like to think so, I would say probably that Walt was always so good at what he did that maybe what he just did to them was effective. That scare, but even if they wound up not, Walt. We we watched Walt do everything he possibly could. I mean, if if they don't, he's now that? he's now dead. So. He literally could have done nothing more, and he used all of his smarts and even a last-minute gimmick with the laser pens. Like it was all that had Walter White all over it, and everything he had to give to it. He was on limited time. He's you know it's it's like what I'm just get me home and I'll take care of the rest. He says, just he knew exactly what he needed to do. And I just watching Jesse drive away. Will he be? Will he? Will he save his own life? Will he take advantage yes. of this new chance of freedom? And, and that's the idea. What it is? It's that. You know, because Jesse's been to rehab multiple times. He's a drug addict. He he's I I don't want to call him. He's emotionally unstable. I mean, he's the thing that always pissed me off about the character. And this is how some characters are. There's a certain type of character, and I'm forgetting the, the category it's under, but they're just all emotional action, and that's what Jesse is. And that you know, I like the logical ones more. So it, it Jesse's a good counterpoint actually to Walter White because Jesse's just goes on whatever he's feeling at the moment and that's the opposite of somebody who's you know playing chess three moves ahead um yeah so jesse has you know i wrote a couple weeks ago that i thought jesse was going to commit suicide yeah Um, i thought that too and the reason was because earlier on the season he said look mr white is a magician and when that fails, he just gets really, really lucky. So he's got those two things going on. He's a magician, and he gets really lucky. There's no way to beat him. And I thought the only way Jesse... And at that point, he was trying to keep Jesse alive, so I thought the only way Jesse could beat Walt was to take himself out of it. Um, we saw something very different unfold tonight, and something that to me was far more satisfactory, because Jesse has never really had... You know, he grew up in, like, a good home, he he's had it relatively easy. He continues. Yeah, remember to, Jesse's nice parents. Yeah, I mean parents, they were annoying parents, but it's like, come on, guy, who hasn't? He's you're in your twenties, like everybody is, you know. 
Yeah, and he like he like you're uh, still angsty. Like no one really. Fa- I never felt that bad for him. No, I felt bad for his parents. I watched that episode again recently where he buys the house out from under them, and uh, where he he plays a an anonymous uh, bidder on the house, and they bring the parents into a meeting with Saul, and Saul undercuts their price by like half. And Saul's like, "Well, do you know? You know, did you are you going to plan on mentioning to everybody else who's going to look at the house that you had a meth lab in the basement? Did you, you know, did, have you had the premises cleaned for chemicals and this and that? And basically, they use Jesse uses all that information because he's pissed off at his parents to buy their house out at a huge loss uh, for them, and then he moves in himself and never gets a chance to decorate, which I found weird because." If you well, have he buys nice... that no, he buys that huge stereo. It's classic drug yeah. addict. I mean, he's not concerned with. It's just how can we make the party bigger? Forty-five minutes trip to Ashley Furniture, throw down, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like anything. Go to IKEA. They have great huge posters now for fifty bucks, and that aren't all the same. Yeah, you're um, just an advertising machine on this show, huh? I, absolutely you're all I'm, amazon kindles and ikea jeez well man. no I no how did, how did you get the ikea doesn't pay me anything if people download the book then i'll make a couple of dollars they pay you but you have to assemble the check yourself with simple tools no, they actually deposit like right into my account and i can <laughs> then and sometimes i'll look at the reports to see where it's being not ikea uh, amazon oh amazon ikea i just threw out there because i think it's great you used to walk into ikea and they had like 12 pictures and you could buy one of the 12 pictures and you walk into somebody's apartment and you're like oh you got that picture at ikea but today they have like hundreds of them which kind of they've done the same thing with t-shirts and you know ikea your place will look passable <laughs> you know what i mean everything in there it's like all right no one's gonna, you know <laughs> like the meatballs are even almost almost a meal right i i've never eaten the meatballs you've never eaten what i know they have their own uh, word. Like, you know, every item has its own, like, Swedish like, word. Like, flurg. Flurg or poang or whatever <laughs> it is. They have, like, a flurfin meaten or whatever. Like, it's, it's, there's a, there's, it's funny. It's like a product. Like, I don't know if you can go in the warehouse and get them off the shelf, but, you know. I guess we'll have good to date, find out. Good date place. You can eat. <laughs> Things go well, you know, bedding. So, back to... Breaking Bad. Um, are we happy with the ending? Breaking betting. <laughs> are we happy with the end with Skyler? Um, let me say that I always liked Skyler. And I didn't realize until somewhat recently when she wrote that article for the New York Times and a gun about sort of in defense of, of Skyler that Skyler has internet forums that rage against her, that just hate. Oh, she's so much sex appeal though but i mean the, her physicality separate that out from what it is that this character what she's made of and the, the argument against her has always been that um because i went and read quite a bit more after i this movement to hate skylar white you know completely what bypassed me. there's a movement to hate sky is there really like a people there's hate lots Skyler? Of, there's l- tons of articles written by people who fucking can't stand her she's a strong she's a strong woman, not exactly though and a lot of that came Wait, out during mean? the call a lot of that came out to, by the way i like her so i'm just explaining to you what the what the fan dislike of her is. Um, and what it is is that she basically keeps changing her position. He had the baby. But she continues to change her position as to what she thinks is morally acceptable and goes down Walt's road, which, by the way, I'm totally cool with. I would have loved to see her keep her car wash. And, you know, I, I think all's fair when it comes to that stuff. But... Th- 
I, I think that, um, and, and it really hurt me to watch her hurting so badly. That is my favorite part, by the way, of the fifth season, is Skylar as the hostage in her own home. Um, and the line that will stick with me from the entire series is when she gives him that little monologue. It's a shame we didn't plan this out. I would have brought the monologue along where she explains to him that I'm just praying. And he says, praying for what? And she says, praying for the cancer to come back. Because that's all she can do. That's all She just has to wait out Walter because he won't leave. And she's a hostage in her own home and in her own family. She can't. And she says, I can't even keep you out of my bed. I mean, it's it's so far from the happy couple that we saw at the very beginning. Yeah, but she showed love for him in the last scene, which I thought was appropriate. I think she showed love for him in that call where he was on a tirade. Yeah, they had children together. And said and sorry, own, and yeah. you know they had a good marriage until, um, you know, but one that probably wasn't as alive because at the end, <laughs> remember Walker, she's like giving him the hand job in the first episode. Remember they're like have a boring marriage, but they're like a loving couple, you know. I, you know, that was like 4,000 television episodes ago. I don't remember that. I still think they had this boring life, this boring marriage. They obviously don't have sex anymore. She's giving him this, she's giving him this vanilla. Oh, are you suggesting that that was like a bad thing or like a. No, no, I'm saying they, no, but they they, had a happy relationship. Even though it might've been boring at the time, like they obviously had, there was a time they had come a long way by that point in their relationship. Oh, absolutely. They have a lot of history together, kids. I would elevate that their relationship far above what you saw with like Tony and Carmela Soprano um, or either of the wives on Mad Men. And I want to talk a little bit about that incident because he did not attack her. She didn't even really attack him. It was, she made the decision and the right decision to stand her ground for the first time and saying, I'm not getting in a car with you. I'm not packing up my life. I'm not, this is over. And she used a knife to keep him away. And he, really didn't understand that and accidentally got cut as he moved towards her. Um, so the fact that, you know, we ended up in that knife struggle was not him trying to stab her or even necessarily, if anything was happening, she was trying to stab him. Yeah. Um, but in no way was he, and, and of course we have Junior standing there, so there's always the threat that he's going to come into the mix somehow um, and get stabbed himself. It's it's a great tension scene, but it's not Walter trying to stab his wife. And a lot of times when that scene came up, uh, th- there was some sort of implication that, that was the case or that he was willing to or that try to do anything other than just keep the knife out of her hand and from it going into him. It was pointed up in the air. It was, yeah. was no any, I remember any question in my mind that it was, you know, mm-hmm. if anything, she was attacking him. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's pretty unreal though. The time that she actually attacked him with a knife. So she actually did she try didn't to attack him though. It, it was, was more, it's she was an defending. incident that got out of control. It wasn't People die a, that way. People it, die that absolutely. way. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I liked, uh, I liked that we got Todd, killed in a way oh that he was, got his and we, i wanted jesse to do it i, I would have liked it a little dirtier although that that was the intention that you know no no he just choked him to death that, that you we were just saying the whole ego masculinity thing jesse he's been treated like a dog all this time and he just choked him to death primally well the primal thing Sped is away there. yeah let's talk about that like again he wouldn't he kill have gone in a Thank lot God of different ways that's the best he he said i want you to ask for it so walt asked for it and he says you know what why would i give that to you Forget that. Exactly. You do it. You fucking do it. And, you know, for I think we got off track, but he now has 
hit bottom in a way that is so profound. I mean, that you see him speeding off and there's life in his face. And that's something, you know, there's a lot of hitting bottom as an addict that we saw for, for that character on the show. Um, but it's one thing to have a three-day party in your house and trash it. It's another thing to be a <laughs> chained-up slave for months in the dark in a hole, you know, beaten, tortured. Detoxed. Having, and then having detoxed, having your loved ones executed while you watch. Um, yeah, last very week. cleansing. I mean, it, cathartic. It, it, terrible, but, I mean, a, a new start for Jesse. Yeah. None of the old baggage. Um, so his boys are out there and they had 10 grand each to help him kick it off. So <laughs> let's get this party started, bitch. Yeah. No, I think Jesse, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what, where the character goes. It's funny. See, I got that. Was, I got that feeling that you're, I agree with you. There's a look of, yeah, he'll start over, but there's also an element of this what guy. Now? Well, no, that, that he will go back to partying, that ultimately that's who, well, he, no, that's, that's who the he what is. Now of it. Like what could he, what else could can he do he like, owns a small car carpet cleaning business <laughs> he doesn't no. have any money he doesn't uh well, I mean, his he boys have out. 20 grand they can cook yeah i think it might be a while before we find jesse P pinkman back in uh and like, why lab. wouldn't he he's just i mean exactly he could do it the point is that walt gave him a chance that's all that matters do you think walt would have given him the chance if he it. do you think walt would have given him the chance if he hadn't seen what jesse had been exposed to because you know we have what do you think about that like walt walt was stretching for time and stretching for arm length when he said you were supposed you owe me you were supposed to kill jesse pinkman and that's what i think walt was prepared to kill jesse to finish his mission for his family if if he had to i mean he, he demonstrated that once or twice that if in the chess game when it's about to be checkmate you do what you have to do he demonstrated unfortunately or or just maybe that's just a testament to walt's toughness but that reactively he may have he may have been willing to kill Jesse, but you're right. I think him seeing him like that. Well, it was one thing. In the it occurred to him what they'd both been through, and after all that time, he's I'm going to save Jesse and kill all these guys. And, and if Jesse chooses to kill me, that's fine. At least he can go off into his life and know that. Yeah, you know, no, it's pretty badass. Um, so you, so you would concur that gave him the gun that it was the. It was sort of the patheticness of the situation that Jesse had been held under. That both of them, he could see Jesse's look on it. Jesse was looking at him like, "Geez, you look like." They were both looking at each other like, "You look like shit. You look like shit. I hate you. I love you." Like fucked up father son type of thing. Okay. Maybe I can feel also, a little better about this episode. Yeah, and also like, uh, you know, he knew that Junior hated him. It's like maybe one last chance for Jesse to. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead, kill, kill yeah. me, kill me, and then maybe you won't hate me so much or something. You know, like. Go ahead, kill my my other son hates. Go ahead, shoot me and feel better. Whatever it takes for you to feel better. If that it's come on, you want it. You want it. Do you want it? <laughs> it was great. It was great. I mean, Walt did all everything he could. I, I would say. What did you only, want from it? I, I wanted. What, I wanted uh, maybe a laugh. I wanted. At the very end. Just anywhere. It's, it's way too heavy for all the people involved. Hank's dead. Like everyone, the family's broken up forever. It's way too heavy for a laugh in the last scene, buddy. I didn't too say in the last scene. I said in the in the. Hmm. I, there's a couple laughs in the episode, but they were just subtle enough not to disrupt. I mean, you don't need a belly laugh in this, but like the way Todd was dressed with Lydia in the white button down with his like hair blown back, and then like his. Well, that's not a the, laugh, then, but that's an the, amusing and, detail. Well, the Lydia ringtone was a laugh. 
That was you picked up on that. Um, again, and, uh, again, also, in incredible detail. In the way she orders her stevia again, two episodes in a row. It's that's, just this, this little quirky habit of hers. I know it's quirky. a foreshadow, but no, it's not. Well, that that's both, and it's funny because I forget if I wrote that he was going to dump the dump the rice and into her tea, but they def, they always showed her drinking, and every time we ever saw her, she was ordering her tea with her stevia. And that's, um, you know what, there's a, a couple laughs, but in a, like you said, it was just a regular length episode, and it's the last episode. Can I, can I say also, the way that he killed Lydia is, and it, Walter was not there for her last potential death scene, where Mike broke into her house. And oh, yeah. Remember, she remember talked, Mike, she everybody? Her, remember Mike? Oh, God, yeah. Um, she talked her way back from a bullet in the head. I mean, they were the, Mike was there to kill her. And she talked her way. She was the one who said, I can get you the methylamine. And that's how the train heist started. So, And that's why they kept her alive. And then she came really close to dying again when there was a tracker on the methylamine. And they thought that she put it there. And they Which literally she, had a gun to her exactly. head until uh, the... So we had a great intercutting scene there where we were able to raise the tension by having a very clear situation with Lydia where they're about to kill her. And we have their uh, audio surveillance of Hank's office where, you know, uh, sort of her rescue comes in when they admit that they put the, the tracker on the, on the methylamine. But what I liked actually about her death is that in the scene, the thing that made that, de- that potential death so memorable was because she just, she begged for him to leave the body. And Mike was like, trust me, you don't want to leave a body for a four-year-old or something like that. And she says, no, I can't have her think that I just left her because he says nobody will find you like don't worry about it and she says no I, I need to be found I can't let my four-year-old daughter think that I just left her and that's that was a good moment so it's interesting that they gave her a death that was still befitting of what she had sort of asked for where she can now say goodbye to her daughter go to the hospital she's got like a day or two before I think she she got to negotiate her. her own thing yeah yeah um she didn't disappear into the desert yeah and i think that that's something that you know from her very i think the character was introduced in that scene with mike right yeah i never met lydia uh you know him going to kill her so was it no i think you might have met her before that we can look into that i'm not so sure you know but i was just gonna say like uh it was funny how much they pushed it in the dexter synopsis about their the last episode in the in the showtime synopsis on cable i, I was reading the little you know two-line thing dexter's determined to end things on his own terms that not, that that ending compared to this 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 is what it's about to end something oh let me remind terms. the audience real quickly uh it, i did we broke up the episodes of breaking bad and dexter um in the case that you're not a Dexter person and you just deleted the episode, we actually did talk for a good like 20 minutes, 30 minutes about Evil Dead and toys. So if you're a listener and you happen not to listen to that, because why the hell would you listen to an episode about the end of Dexter if you didn't watch Dexter? There's some good uh, information you know, in the first uh, 2025. Dextra. <laughs> oh, so, man. Anyway. Breaking I'm- Bad is over. I'm... I'm- uh, you're, you're just... You're underwhelmed because you just want... I don't know well, what you wanted to happen. I, I wanted to... I wanted... I, you know... You wanted Walt I, to fly away. <laughs> I wanted... And whether or not this is fair or not to one, I always hope for intensity. I, I It's not that it wasn't intense. It's that to me, some of the, the greatest episodes of Breaking Bad were almost 
drug-like and watching them and needing more after. Like, I couldn't stop watching that show. And the greatest thing about Breaking Bad was that it stayed entertaining in a way that a lot of box... Oh, my God, I'm dating myself by using the term box sets. Um, You know, when people uh, binge watch today... A lot of shows don't work that well when you do that because the episodes are too similar. I started my first binge watch ever was 24, and I watched all 24 episodes in about 38 hours or 40 hours. I tried to do it. done with it because there's a rhythm to each episode and it just gets fucking boring dude i tried stop. to do i tried to do a house marathon it's the same kind of well, thing the, but the, it's a good those show. are all individual shows but like you don't need to nah, marathon ex- it yeah, exactly because there's no overarching storyline exactly like, with with breaking bad it was so dramatic and there was so much character information that was and and being related in each episode that there was no sort of rhythm oh, to it like be, on an action show it might it, be a great marathon to do in a year or two like to just do it all in a row again and i may have to go back i mean i'm gonna have to see how i feel because again as i said i watched to get ready for these last eight episodes i went back and said okay i'm gonna watch the first eight again from season five and then i said maybe i should check out season four too and then my dad came over and we started with uh three and what i also found in season three is that season three actually doesn't get to a boil to like four or five episodes in and then we're on like this rocket ship through the story for the rest of it um there is a different rhythm and speed to everything that came before this you know once once things got going with gus uh, the the story got on a rocket. Yeah, it was. And in, we did, and, it, and it really didn't end until until you know Walt in the cabin. And then it, it slowed just, down finally. Yeah. Um, so maybe I mean that's where my my you know I maybe I wanted the rocket ship one, one last time. Can you blame me? Can you, can you blame me for for wanting to to sort of just have that awesome fucking Breaking Bad? But it. It, it all had been leading right here. There was nowhere else for it to go. This is a, thank thank goodness they didn't invent ways to extend it. You know, I just, oh, well, we it, can, it all there was nothing. You weren't shortchanged in any way. I wasn't. Everything happened. I, Think about everything that happened. Can I give it four stars and say that I just wish it out of five? No, out of four and say oh, okay. I, I'm not disagreeing with. <laughs> I love anything. star systems because you don't know how many it's out of. You know, <laughs> I saw a, a deli in New York that was called the Three Star Deli. Oh boy. Now you know nobody's on a three-star scale. Maybe everybody knows it's either <laughs> everyone knows it's either four or five. So are you three out of four or three out of five? It's kind of like the Mercedes C class when they came out with the entry-level one, and they called it the C class. And I was like, you know, call it the Y class, the P class, the, the whatever. A class. Yeah, like, but to to give the entry-level twenty-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollar, you know, customer, and call it the C class. And call it the C class. It's like they're nice though. Yeah, well, I, beautiful car, but it's like, yeah, oh, we'll let you drive it, but fuck you. It's, it's the C-Class. <laughs> We're not going to let you forget. We're not going to, like, yeah, maybe you can drive a Mercedes. Oh, right. but it, was the che- it was like the cheaper it one. It was the cheap one. It was their entry, and it, and it represented at the time. Oh, like, uh, Papa. Is that your phone? Yeah. All right. Um, we can keep going. Right. Things are much more laid back on the official screenwriting podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm definitely doing that. How much time do we have? It's been 45 minutes. We can wrap it up. Okay. We've said, I mean, unless you think there's something else. No, I wanted to talk briefly about, because um, we'd alluded to this, why Breaking Bad didn't go on for eight years or nine years. And I think th- there's a couple things. One, it was not a hit to start. 
uh, it took until sort of the third into the fourth season before people were flocking to it and it continued over the last year and a half I was on board to early. exponentially expand its reach because of Netflix for no other and Netflix instant viewing um, and the internet uh, you know this is going to be one of the most downloaded episodes ever uh, and I think that one of the things that made Breaking Bad so pure is that there was no chance for a negotiation to drag the fucker out. Because here's why. Um, there was, and Jeff, I don't know if you remember this, there was a balls-to-the-wall negotiation that happened a couple of years ago with Mad Men. And to keep Mad Men on the air, which at the time was sort of AMC's priority, and it not only got the best ratings, this was before Walking Dead blew things out of the water, um, not only did it get the best ratings, but it represented sort of the class of people that AMC wanted to sell commercials to. Because some of those people still watch commercials and they buy really expensive cars. So Mad Men was like... And Scotch. Yes, yes, exactly. It's Johnny Walker and you ordered it. As long so, as we're promoting items on your show. No problem. I'm a Bushmills guy. Um, so Irish. <laughs> Irish whiskey. Uh, right. So I think with, with what happened with that negotiation, they took so much money... Uh, AMC because they're limited you know they have a fiscal year and they have X amount of dollars to give out and they literally clawed back money from The Walking Dead where you know the, their producers were trying to put together a season and budgeting out at X amount per episode and they literally came back to them and said you're going to do two less episodes and you have X amount of millions less and Frank Darabont walked I'm speaking out the top of my head this is my general recollection is that why season three was so weak on Walking Dead well Frank Darabont left Frank Darabont is the man who did the Shawshank Redemption couldn't stand season three was terrible Walking Dead that I, show jumped the shark first two seasons are very good well, he was there for at least for the planning I think of the second season but what the result was that even when this show caught on fire there was almost no way for AMC to... Because if you're an executive... Thank goodness. That's what I'm saying. If you're an executive, your job is how many more seasons can we milk out of this? And as fans, we always love it when they go out on a high note, when it goes out perfect. And Breaking Bad got to go out perfect tonight. But it's only the result of this massive financial deal that happened on another show before this one blew up. I mean, it's, and that's, that's how TV or movies. But the funny work. thing is, it's the irony of it right there is that the better the, but if it ends on the right note and it's, it's elevates the quality of their product, then it only increases their brand name and people come back. You, you, no, no. And that's where you're wrong. Cause they, they could have a, figured out a way to make breaking bad season six and season seven and season eight. They would have done it. Um, it's also very possible that, you know... That's a lot of TV, man. That's um, Dramas never go eight seasons. Our dramas Dexter eight seasons. Did. And by the way... I'm yeah, and saying, it was way overdone by, two, by at least two seasons. What I'm trying to suggest to you is that in TV, you keep going and you keep going. And the bigger the show is, the more money that it brings in. So there's an economic... <laughs> yeah, when has that ever worked? Who's the boss? Perfect Strangers. But what you're forgetting is, who's the boss went out on a shitty note? But it went out on a money-making note. And those shows, even the shitty ones, got sold into syndication at a time that every episode was like gold. I mean, that's the reason that somebody like... Uh, we, we were talking about how Jerry Seinfeld had four times as much money as Bill Cosby because he made money 
on the syndication of his show 10 years later or eight years later and the contracts had changed and who's the boss you might look at it as wow they had that shitty last season but i guarantee you to abc and to whatever companies own that show you are talking about tens of millions of dollars yeah okay well that's in their pocket what does that have to do with the the quality you're talking about the quality and you're talking about it like a fan i happen to be talking on the official screenwriting podcast where there's people who might want a little bit of the inside baseball on tv series i'm not suggesting that it's in the series ever in a series best interest to keep going i'm saying that if you're at a network and it's turning in money then your job is to do and say whatever it is to keep it bringing in money because even if the show starts sucking it's going to be a wa- people will continue to watch it and yeah, then I complain about it. i think we've already seen that happen a million times that's happened you know that's nothing new just yeah. we'd be grateful it didn't happen with, with like the best show ever again the, i I don't know Vince Gilligan. I don't know uh, the cast. And it's really easy for them to say they would have ended it here anyway if the AMC had showed up with a $50 million contract. Um, I guess we'll never know because AMC just wasn't in a position. There's enough to, do to that, that world that, especially with the, that quality of writing of those writers, that they probably could have, I, I would say, easily found a way to do one more season because there's just enough places to go if you create places for it to go, but all right, well, uh, let's wrap up. This was a good episode. And real quickly, I want to say thank you to Peter Gould, who is the, uh, executive producer. He wrote and directed the last week's episode of breaking bad because I had him as a teacher at a 9am class at USC. And it was a physical production class, which were really not my things. I'm not good. Anybody's listened to this podcast knows I'm not very good with the technical elements. Um, it's just not what I'm interested in, but, and it was a 9am class and I was not a a 9am person. So we had these group projects and I showed up one day and, uh, I didn't even know what group I was in because like, I had just been oversleeping and I called up and I wanted to leave a message for him. This is, I wanted to leave a message on his voicemail at the, to, because the time was coming up where you could pass or, or you could drop a class with like pass, um, you could drop a class like by a certain day. And I needed to know, should I drop the class or is there any help or whatever? And I tried to, and I was going to call, leave a message for him so that he'd get the message and then call somebody else to find out what was going on in the class. So I could at least have a conversation. <laughs> like I had some clue. And unfortunately he picked up the phone and <laughs> I just had to be like, look, I don't know what's going on. I've missed a lot of class. Do, do I drop it? Like, what do I do? And he was so cool about it. And he's like, no, 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 just like get involved and make sure that you study for the final and your, you know, your grades on the test were okay and everything. So, uh, yeah, no, you should, you should be good. Just come to class. And I ended up getting like a B. So you like respect that you called him and were straight with him. Probably. I, I guess so. It was a really you it was back- a huge relief. I, I wish that those were the problems in my life today. You went out, <laughs> you, you went out Walter White style. <laughs> rest in peace Walter White (laughs) so that's all for this week's episode you can get my book The Starter Screenplay at thestarterscreenplay.com you can download it from Amazon you can hire me to read your screenplay I'm reading tons of screenplays and next week I'm going to talk a little bit about all the contest work I've been doing because I've been judging some really big contests and reading a lot of scripts and there's a lot of great screenwriting information I think I can give you but I'm saying just from looking at all these amateur contest scripts uh Jeff Sussman here. Uh, the, the Bat Signal, you can listen to it on iTunes. Maybe we'll do like a podcast together, like a watch a movie and then yeah, talk about a podcast because there's not enough of those. Maybe we will. Yeah, check out uh, check out my comedy. I'm doing stand-up uh, all over L.A. Just moved out here to join you. So if you're interested... Follow me actually on Twitter. I'm at Sussme. That's S-U-S-S-M-E. And uh, my podcast, The Bat Signal, Superhero Movies. Check us out. New, new episodes forthcoming. 
And they can watch your comedy on YouTube, right? Look up Jeff Sussman. Absolutely, yeah. Jeff Sussman. Type in, you know, you'll find me. I'm on there. Handsome guy. Pop right up. And uh, check us out. It's at Bat Signal Show. We'll let you know uh, all the news about Batfleck and the future of uh, Batman on film. Terrific. All right. Among other things. Breaking Bad, 2008 to 2013. It was a good run.